بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم الحمدللہ رب العالمین والصلاة والسلام علی رسوله الكریم وعلى آلہ وصحابہ وجمعین اما بعد This is part two of the English translation of the talk Keep your financial transactions clean by Mufti Dabri Usmani Dhamad Barakatuhum People retained many teachings of Hazrat Thanvi Rehmatullahi but this teaching that even a single cent of haram should not be mixed with our halal income has somehow been forgotten or neglected. These days we are involved in so many haram transactions that it does not even occur to us that these transactions are against the dictates of Sharia. If we steal or defraud or lie to even get a small amount of income, then everybody knows that that income is haram. And then when that income becomes mixed with our property, it then it curses, uh, it curses a negative effect also spreads to the rest of our income. Then we eat from that income and make our dresses from that income, which spreads the effects of haram income to our whole life. And because we have lost our sensitivity to the effects of haram income, we do not even notice what effect it is having on our income, on our life. The reason committing sins is getting easier for us and we don't find many sins as abhorrent as earlier Muslims used to previously is because haram income has become mixed with our assets. Then there is one type of haram income which everyone at least theoretically knows is haram. For example, taking bribes, earning interest, gambling, stealing someone's possessions or defrauding them. But there's a second kind of haram income which, about which we are not even aware that it's haram. The Holy Prophet has taught us that financial transactions should be absolutely clear and transparent. <coughs> Whether they are between siblings, between parents and children, or between spouses. Similarly, ownership of wealth, property, and even every household item should be absolutely clear as to whether a particular item or property belongs to the father, or the son, or husband, or wife. In a hadith, the Holy Prophet said, Live like brothers, but conduct your transactions like strangers. For example, if a brother is taking loan from another brother for business, it should be formally recorded that it is a loan and will need to be returned after so many days. It is commonplace in our society that in family businesses, nobody knows who owns what or who owns what percentage of the business. If father and sons are doing business together, it's never formalized whether the sons are working as partners, as employees, or are just helping their father out. Wealth and businesses keep growing, but ownership is never clarified. And if it's suggested to them that they should clarify ownership and also clarify in what capacity everyone is working, whether they are business partners or employees, then people get upset and may say things like, what is the need for such clarification between brothers or between father and sons? But when, but when they get married, they have children, and then one brother spends more on marriage and the other brother spends less, or one brother builds a house while the other one hasn't as yet, then conflicts start with claims that one brother has taken more from the family business and I have been given less. And if by chance the father dies in this situation, then the disagreements become unresolvable.
when a person dies islamic law dictates that their inheritance should be distributed immediately among their heirs it is haram to delay distributing inheritance but in our society what happens is that when the father dies the eldest son just takes over the business and the helpless daughters don't get anything they don't even know what their rights are sometimes 10 or 20 years pass in this situation other family members sometimes have added their capital to the same business or one of the original heirs have died too then after years when their children grow up the conflicts over control of business starts when these conflicts escalate to the extreme they go to a mufti sahib to find out what their rights are but after decades how is it even possible to find out in what capacity were capacity were the sons working with the father were they shareholders or employees because the rights under inheritance law change under those circumstances or for example when the family house was being built father provided some capital some capital was provided by one son and some by the other son but no one kept a record of who contributed how much or whether what they contributed was a loan whether they wanted to buy a share of the house or whether they were just of helping the father out the house gets built and the whole family starts living in it when the father dies or some other dispute arises then the ownership of the house becomes an issue then everybody wants a share of the house if they are religious minded then they go to a mufti to find out how much their share would be in the house but when they are asked whether any records were kept as to who contributed how much and with with what intention whether they were buying a share of the house or were they giving a loan then there is no answer this is because people do not follow the teachings teachings of the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when it comes to mamlaat as explained in part 1 of this talk that a mamlaat is inclusive of all financial transactions such as buying selling or borrowing or conducting one's own business people find it easy to read nafil namaz to do zikr that is recitation of allah's name but find it much more difficult or unimportant to follow the teachings of islam about financial transactions this can lead to eating haram when a person doesn't even know how much their share was and how much the other person's share was then it raises doubt about whether they what they have take be taking from the common pool of income is within their share or not and if they be taking more than their share then it would become haram for them if after the death of the person someone else consumes anything from their inheritance before it has been distributed in the absence or without the permission of the one of the adult inheritors or if one of the inheritors is an underage child what they consumed would be haram for them that is why sharia dictates that inheritance should be distributed as soon as the person has passed away or at least in calculation of who will receive how much should be done immediately sometimes it takes time to disperse property or capital because of legal processes but the calculation should be done immediately after a person's death then if some expenses are to be incurred it should be clear which inheritor share they are being drawn from and they can only be drawn from an adult inheritor share and not a child because the children's um permission in this regard is not valid and even then it take it cannot this expense can only be done with even with the adult inheritor's permission only 
it is not allowed under sharia to keep spending from a person inheritance after their death and before the inheritance has, inheritances distribution not following these rules can lead to lots of conflicts and disputes later on